What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related, and we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Still moving on, baby, I'ma never forget. Still moving on, baby, I'ma never regret. Still moving on, still moving on. This is for my day ones. This is for my day ones. Come on. And before we continue, if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell, I'd greatly appreciate it. We drop new episodes of Forever News every Saturday, 12 p.m. EST. Yeah, hit them buttons. And first story on the docket. Now, we've been following the catastrophe that has ensued regarding Netflix and their new policy that they've been slowly but surely unraveling globally regarding cracking down on passwords. And apparently, yeah. Or password sharing, shall I say. And yeah, apparently it looks like they're going full balls to the wall with it because it says here Netflix's password sharing crackdown is here and it costs $7.99 per month. Netflix is about to kick your best friend off your account unless you pay for them to share your account, that is. On Tuesday, Netflix revealed the details of how its crackdown on password sharing will affect viewers in the US and how much it will cost to keep extra people on your account. If you have the Netflix standard plan that costs $15.49 per month, then you have the option of adding one extra extra member who can use the service outside your household 7.99 extra each month anyone who pays for the netflix premium package with 4k streaming has the option of adding up to two extra members but each one will still cost another 7.99 the u.s isn't the only country where the new rules are rolling out either as netflix in the uk will charge subscribers 4.99 pounds wise for extra member slots netflix subscribers on its two cheapest plans basic or standard with ads which cost 9.99 and 6.99 per month respectively, don't have the option to add extra members to their account at all. Netflix subscribers in the U.S. who share the service outside their household will get an email about the company's password sharing policies beginning on Tuesday, according to the blog post. Your Netflix household, according to the company, is set based on where you watch Netflix on a TV and what IP address that device uses. That location can be reset using the app on a TV or device connected to a TV by choosing to confirm or update your household and respond to a verification link sent to the account list email address or phone number and i'm gonna just keep it so real with you i don't think this is gonna uh, bode well i don't think that this is going to fare well with a lot of people not even just the fact that you know netflix one of the big things that pushed them forward one of the big things that made netflix become like a massive hit in households was yo share a password you know they had tweets up there that said hey share a password with a friend or two you know what i mean like that was one of the big things that they were pro now they're putting not even just an extra fee like maybe i think people wouldn't have been i guess revolting and rebelling against this idea if it was like you know a dollar 99 or 99 cents or something for like each extra but it's convoluted with you know having to reset your ip so like if i move i gotta go through the process of resetting the whole thing to recalibrate it it just sounds messy and then on top of that like basic plans you don't even have the option to add extra people it looks like netflix is really doubling down on this and i'm very curious to see what things look like post this big you know unrolling so to speak within the coming weeks of how their stocks is going to look what's going to happen in terms of like are people going to really in mass unsubscribe i could see it happening but then again you never know because some people they just be like eh, all right it's whatever so i guess only time is going to tell but definitely i felt this was a huge story considering the fact that yeah there's a lot of anime that is starting to head over to netflix like villain saga demon slayer a lot of anime is on there now and yeah if you want to share with a buddy a pal um $7.99 and that's that you better have one of the bigger services because if you basic yeah they basically saying you ain't sharing a goddamn thing so yeah let me know what you think about this whole situation it feels a little bit uh I don't know like Netflix don't care they just want that bread and it might cost them big time but maybe they're looking at it on a long term thing once the dust settles and people are over it this might be a big winning strategy for the next you know decade 20 years from now something crazy moving forward Netflix's One Piece revealed something that has some fans not too happy about it it says the pirates are coming and it's an image of the going merry ship for the upcoming One Piece live action and it says of course 
only on Netflix 2023, which they've really been avoiding giving a date. And yeah, some fans are very upset about the imagery of it, saying that it doesn't look exactly like the Going Mary. I don't know, like a, a, a goat or something there. And I don't know, I'm still not really upset about it. Until we get the actual series and until I actually see at least an episode, I'm not going to be 100% quick to cast judgment on this thing because, you know, they, they put a lot of resources behind this. Oda has said it himself. So until I actually see the thing, I am going to just continue to report on what we have with a, for the most part, unbiased judgment. Obviously, we know that anime live actions have been, for the most part, terrible historically, but I want to wait completely and see what happens because, yeah, this doesn't look identical, which I feel like because fans are already, you know, raging. Fans are upset about this saying, oh my god, it doesn't look like they're going merry. And it's like everything that is coming out of this thing, fans are raging because fans just don't want this to exist. And that's going to be the thing that's going to ultimately make it fail that even if it turns out to be good, even if it turns out that miraculously, like, yo, they found the winning formula, they made the One Piece live action to be fantastic and people love it. Fans aren't even giving it a shot if you're raging and screaming and beating on your keyboard because, oh my god, the going merry doesn't look identical to the anime. Newsflash, anime live action, like, you're not going to get a one-on-one of a Nami, a Robin, a Zoro, like, people don't look like anime characters, people look like human beings. We have pores that you see up close, like, we have markings, like, yeah, it's not going to be a, a, a one-to-one exactly, but... I think it looks okay. It's not a big deal to me. And yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens. Now, I will say that I do admit that they have avoided showing us like any actual footage of the characters um, in motion, the actors in motion, shall I say. So that is a little worrisome. But yeah, so we got the going merry. And then Netflix One Piece gives close up look at Luffy's hat. Another thing fans want to complain about. One Piece has steadily been hard at work on its new live action adaptation coming to Netflix in the near future. And Netflix's new One Piece series has shared a much closer look at Luffy's hat and his take on the Straw Hat Crew's Jolly Roger during a special exhibition. One Piece's new Netflix series was originally announced to be in the works several years ago, but it's still quite a ways off from its official premiere. No, it's not. It's it's happening this year. Anyway, Netflix One Piece has yet to set a concrete release date beyond its previously scheduled 2023, but fans overseas got to see an up-close-and-personal look at Luffy's iconic hat as part of the special exhibition running for the next week or so in Japan. And it, it looks fine. It, honestly, if I'm being real, maybe it looks a little bit like average-ish because I had a hat that looked just like that and I bought it from like Amazon for 10 bucks. So maybe I can see because fans are also complaining about it saying the hat don't look identical and the Jolly Rod is just like... Oh, come the fuck on, bro. God, come on. Like, yo, what, what did you want? A, a fitted a special hat? You wanted a, a Kango or something? Like, what did he want? Like, again, yeah, maybe it doesn't look as spectacular as I don't know one would expect, but it, it looks fine to me. It looks okay. I, I think it, it's going to be all right. Just relax. Like, again, also the lighting is going to be a pivotal factor of how it looks when the actor is wearing it. Like, there's so many different details. I will say that Netflix is not helping the cause by it looks like they want to hide this thing for us long as possible like yo they're not gonna see what it looks like but in doing so doing things like this is just pissing fans off even more making fans even more worried of like yo y'all really stalling and showing us what this looks like and that's because they know at the end of the day the moment they reveal it regardless of how good it looks regardless of how dope it is people are gonna rag on it like at most i've seen out of all of the biggest live actions out there people at First, we're a little bit, a little bit gracious towards Cowboy Bebop, but then we know how that thing turned out in terms of fandom hating it, and even if there was some decency to it and some enjoyment to be had, people absolutely hated it, and yeah, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see, but yeah, this is Luffy's hat. And the Jolly Roger for the Straw Hats and fans hate it already. <laughs> Moving forward, very suspicious updates, very sad updates, very just like, what the heck is going on? Because three of the biggest manga in Shonen Jump are going on breaks all around the same time. For starters, Jujutsu Kaisen will be on break next week in weekly Shonen Jump issue number 27. The series will be returning in issue number 28 as scheduled. Black Clover will be on break next week in weekly Shonen Jump issue number 27. The series will resume in issue number 28 as scheduled. So both of those will be on break. And then I believe this week, My Hero Academia is on a sudden break this week and Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 26 due to production reasons. Okay, series will resume in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 27 as scheduled. So the, the one that worries me out of the three of them is My Hero because Jujutsu Kaisen Black Clover, that might just be like scheduled that they've been giving them breaks. And of course, but Horikoshi has been having these sudden breaks over and over and over. And production reasons, well, considering if you read the manga, you know the last chapter or two has been just super freaking short the latest one felt like it wasn't even
even a completed chapter. So the fact that he's having production reasons, I buy it. It might be more so that than the health, but the production issues might stem from the health. It might be that he was sick and he wasn't able to complete things and keep things on time. So yeah, he's falling behind. It is just a bit worrisome because at the end of the day, Horikoshi has been going on constant breaks. And yeah, best wishes to Horikoshi and the staff at My Hero. Um, hopefully everything goes well because it's a little bit alarming uh, the amount of breaks. And sometimes I, I feel like that is detrimental to the quality of what's going on in My Hero Academia's manga right now. If you would be so kind as to check out my new single, Day Ones, it's the new opening and outro on all of my videos it's a pretty awesome song and i think you'll like it please check it out and give me any and all feedback i'd appreciate it thank you very much moving forward just a small update for some upcoming naruto slash boruto related stuff that is coming out because we got the covers for the upcoming naruto sasuke story volume 2 which i just wanted to point out because it looks really freaking cool it got sasuke and sakura on the cover holding hands every Sa uh, sasusaku fans dream and then they got the mirai manga the Konoha Shinden Volume 1 and 2 It looks like they're putting them out together I don't think it was that successful To be honest with you I think the Sasuke one Was successful enough But the Konoha Shinden Probably didn't bring in The big buckaroos So to speak But all the covers Look pretty cool And then of course We got the latest Boruto manga volume cover With Boruto and Kawaki On the cover It looks fantastic Although some people Are not happy that It's always inverting the colors And changing the colors In general I think it looks cool And in general All of the volume covers Look for the most part dope my favorite is probably the boruto one uh followed by the sasuke and sakura and then the konohashi then konohashi then it just looks all right i, I like it but the other ones kind of look a little bit fire moving forward sony apparently is teasing project q device to stream games from ps5 let's take a look sony revealed during the live stream playstation showcase 2023 on wednesday a new device called project q the tentative name with which players can stream games over wi-fi from the playstation 5 console the device has an 8-inch HD screen and includes all of the buttons and features of the DualSense controller. Sony will launch the device later this year. PlayStation also revealed its first official wireless earbuds, which offers lossless audio on PS5 and PC. PlayStation will reveal more details about Project Q device and the wireless earbuds soon. And I'll be honest with you, Project Q, just by reading it, it doesn't sound all like... Basically, it sounds like it's what a, a wireless, a handheld thingy-majig, so kind of like the steam deck that just was released i think it came out right uh, i don't know I, I don't see it being a big deal it, it's unfortunate but with the emergence of mobile phones and mobile gaming in general i don't see things like this ever popping off like back in the days like i don't think we'll ever get more 3ds's and psps and vitas and game gears i know i went super far back with game gear but yeah i think this will be a cool luxury item for fans that you know love playing their games on the go or just want to lay in bed with their little screen or something like that but i don't see this being a major deal now the earbuds i could see that being huge considering a lot of people they love to play their games and they would like the you know less restriction of having a big headset on them but yeah overall sony's project q we'll see how it goes but probably the earbuds will be a bigger deal than anything out of this whole thing but maybe i'm wrong who knows moving forward big news for demon slayer singer lisa you know lisa the suyoku naderu because apparently demon slayer singer lisa will perform spider-man across the spider-verse's theme which is freaking huge yo this is anime is here dog we're going with uh, an anime theme song singer doing the freaking spider-man movie that's coming out like this is nuts demon slayer's anime hit the ground floor running not just thanks to the stellar animation from ufotable a killer story by creator koyoharu gotoge and amazing action scenes but also thanks to its opening theme the opening theme gurenge shattered records thanks to performer lisa belting out music perfect for the demon slayer corpse while lisa isn't responsible for the latest opening theme of demon slayer's third season it seems the musician is set to keep busy with the theme for none other than spider-man across the spider-verse spider-man into the spider-verse became a smash hit for sony pictures when it was released in theaters 2018 focusing on miles morales as he discovered that not only he was bitten by a genetically enhanced spider but now presented with a universe of spider people spider lisa the official japanese twitter account for the spider-verse sequel not only confirmed that Lisa has created a new song for the film titled Realize, but also gave fans a look into the theme. While the animated sequel is hitting theaters in Japan on June 16th this summer, North American fans are getting a leg up thanks to the film hitting the silver screen in the West on June 2nd. 
uh, yeah, I will be watching it. Luckily, a third film has already been confirmed to hit theaters next year in Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Comicbook.com recently had the opportunity to chat with scriptwriter Christopher Miller about the creation of the Spider-Sequel. Here's how Miller describes the different facets of creating the dynamic movie. This is a situation where the movie was so ambitious, it was trying to do so many groundbreaking things in its visual style, in its storytelling style, and its cinematic style. Everything about it, the sound mix was probably going to be groundbreaking, so it required a lot of work. Every version of these movies is a collaboration of hundreds of filmmakers working together, and in the best versions, people are contributing their creative ideas, and the people... The directors and the producers are the ones that get to decide which of these things fit the road that you're going down. And honestly, that's freaking hype that we're going to have Lisa on there. Like, I hope it kind of sounds somewhat in the ballpark of that first Demon Slayer opening because that shit was fantastic. And yeah, who doesn't like a good Lisa song? Especially the fact that, yo, dog, they're putting that with a big movie like Spider-Man. But then again, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, it may not be anime per se, but it's animated feel gives me the feel of anime in it to a degree kind of like a i don't know dragon ball superheroes maybe it's just me but yeah that's really dope and then since we're in the ballpark of talking some spider-man apparently spider-man 2 the new video game that's incoming for spider-man a sequel to the big smash hit of spider-man game that came out for the ps4 and such has a new trailer shows off the symbiote powers and miles morales Sony shared details about Marvel's Spider-Man 2 at its PlayStation Showcase on Wednesday. The game's central villain will be Kraven, the hunter, this guy, and the lengthy new gameplay footage showed off Peter Parker utilizing new powers with a symbiote suit, and it looks so freaking good, I'm not gonna lie. Suffice to say, it seems much darker than the first game. We also gotta look at Miles Morales, who will be playable in the new game. The sequel doesn't have a specific release date, but is launching sometime this fall. Oh, thank God, it's not that far away. Spider-Man 2 was first announced in September 2021, revealing that Peter Parker and Miles Morales would be back and that Venom would be appearing in the game. The title will be exclusive to the PS5. Oh my god, this is selling PS5 100%. This is going to sell PS5s. Though given Sony's many recent PC ports, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come to PC in the future. Hopefully it won't launch as rough as The Last of Us. Spider-Man 2 follows 2018's Marvel's Spider-Man, which was remastered for the launch of the PS5, and Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, a spinoff of the original that was released with the PS5. The Spider-Man series has been a smash hit for PlayStation, selling more than 30 33 million copies as of June so Spider-Man 2 could end up being one of the biggest games of the year and yeah I'm not gonna lie I'm massively hyped for this this is gonna be freaking huge and it looks like it's gonna be a pretty good year for Spider-Man fans between the Miles Morales across the Spider-Verse movie and this video game I can't freaking wait moving forward I found this story to be very odd y'all know once the series starts blowing up you start hearing all sorts of insanity and apparently deceased pro wrestler Hana Kimura's mother has criticized Oshinoko episode 6. Y'all know Oshinoko has been humongously blowing up in Japan and globally to be honest with you and yeah it seems as though some drama and maybe just even above drama some real heavy stuff has emerged. Let's read. On May 23rd 2020 professional wrestler Hana Kimura died at the age of 22. She um I guess you would say with all due respect deleted herself. Uh she was relentlessly cyber bullied for knocking the hat off a fellow cast member after he ruined her wrestling uniform on the Japanese reality TV show Terrace House. The sixth episode of the currently airing Oshinoko anime focuses on an incident where one character on a reality TV show and is subsequently driven to attempt after being bullied on social media. The similarities did not escape Kyoko Kimura, mother of Hana Kimura. In an interview with the Shukan Josei Prime magazine, Kimura showed her outrage at the anime for capitalizing on the specifics of her daughter's death. The words that the character was exposed to are exactly the words that Hana was exposed to. We have talked about these things publicly through interviews and the like. How could those exact words be used? I can't overlook the fact that Hana's death is being used like free source material. She also mentioned that a friend of hers watching the episode without knowing it subject matter beforehand triggering traumatic memories for them Oshinoko for its part is centered around the dark realities of the Japanese entertainment industry and contains many tales inspired by real life people and events in fact it is specifically designed to bring those issues into the spotlight in anime news network's recent interview with Oshinoko author Aka Akasaka he stated with the spread of the internet we live in a society where fans voices are heard directly I want people to know how young talents are being hurt exploited and suffering but does educating some justify harming those directly affected by those 
those real life events. Akasaka also stated in the interview, talents, entertainers who frequently appear on TV in Japan, can no longer ignore the internet. YouTube has become super popular. Movies are watched with subtitles. Plays are increasingly based on anime and manga, and there being an instance of a stemming from a reality show. Considering all those facts, I decided to take a contemporary subject, something that is happening in the real world of Japanese entertainment today. That was the first concept. In the Shukan Jose Prime interview, Kimura states her wish to find a sort of middle ground where the truth is shared, but the victims are likewise respected. I don't mean to blame the author or any specific individual. I just wonder if there was no one who gave it the proper consideration before releasing it out into the world. That's what makes me sad because it raises important issues. I would like to support a work like Oshinoko. However, I don't think it needs to be done in a way that makes people who have actually been victimized on social media suffer when they see it. And I'll be honest with you, using that as source material based on real life sometimes it could be the most beneficial in terms of raising awareness the fact that she is coming out and you know talking about this issue makes it even more grandiose and putting a spotlight on what's actually happening cyberbullying and it's unfortunate you know when i started doing youtube for example in 2010 i first started understanding the depths of where cyberbullying can take somebody if they're on the internet and if you don't have tough skin thick skin which you know not everybody does it can really be detrimental so while it does play in an unfortunate part in an unfortunate aspect of you know reliving trauma for certain people at the same time it is a good thing of spreading awareness that this is a serious issue that a lot of people are dealing with of being on the internet and cyberbullying and so on and so forth so yeah i like that this is actually having you know somewhat of an attention on this whole situation maybe it can help in the future for people to look at and understand the gravity of what they're getting themselves into when they get on the internet when they're making their youtube videos when they're hopping on tiktok or whatnot there's something else that comes with it aside from the popularity and fame that a lot of people seek. Moving forward, Agency for Cultural Affairs website accidentally lists manga pirate site URLs for six plus months. I remember when Hiromashima creator Fairy Tail had to apologize for linking some piracy manga sites of Fairy Tail and stuff. That was nuts. Last Tuesday, social media exposed a rather embarrassing mistake by the Japanese government's Agency for Cultural Affairs. The Sanki News reported that the agency's website, which has long been dedicated to cracking down on piracy, had accidentally made public the URLs of the top 10 most accessed manga pirate websites in Japan. The document was first unveiled last August, but the floors were only noticed after an employee saw the topic spreading on social media on May 16th. The Agency for Cultural Affairs took down the list later that day. The agency commented, We will absolutely implement a checking system to ensure that a similar problem does not arise in the future. The list was first used as an information presentation on copyright aimed at education professionals. It was intended to highlight the access number of the top manga pirate websites in Japan based on data from the authorized books of Japan, Trade Group, and Similar Web. Crucially, the list blacked out the URLs and names of the websites, but it was possible for any user to reveal the URLs by hovering their mouse over them. Japan's Content Overseas Distribution Association released a study in April citing losses of between, yeah, we covered that. They lost anywhere between 13.7 to 15.9 billion dollars in 2021 due to piracy of Japanese entertainment including manga, anime, music, and video games. And honestly, sometimes I look at that like sure it could be an oversight but at the same time it's kind of like you let something gigantic like that like that's pretty much like imagine I don't know Fox News having considering that they're mostly you know right leaning just having a, a website of all of the best things that they love about the left and, and Democrats or vice versa or something it's like how does something of a big slip like that like you guys are anti-piracy and yet like yo check out all these piracy sites like how does something like that happen honestly that just seems like too much of a big oversight to just be a coinky dinky I, I don't know maybe they were trying to trap people into like yo check this out so later on we can nab you you know I mean like wild either that or maybe they're against the manga industry who knows we we, will never know moving forward for fans that have been anticipating and excited for a demon slayer dub including myself to be honest with you because yeah I'll probably talk about it in a different video but I'm really more so nowadays in the mood for anime English dubs opposed to subs demon slayer swordsmith village arc anime English dub debuts on May 28th Crunchyroll announced on Wednesday that it will debut the English dub for the demon slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba swordsmith village arc uh, TV anime on May 28th at 1.30 p.m. Crunchyroll streaming a trailer for the dub. So for fans that they don't really like Japanese sub, they don't want to get into that, they want their English dub, there you go. It's going to be available again May 28th, 1.30 p.m., basically 4.30 p.m. EST time. And yeah, I'm kind of hyped for it now. 
to be honest with you, I'm almost caught up on it because it's like, yo, I don't want to fall behind on David Sayer. I'm like one episode behind, I think, but I probably will go back and watch it in dub, and who knows? Maybe I'll stick to the dub from here on out because, yeah, it's kind of preferred for me. But again, different topic, different video altogether. I just wanted to bring you guys the news. Don't hurt me! Moving forward, I thought this was an interesting story regarding Steinsgate nearly getting its own live-action movie, which, how could you mess that up? You know what I'm saying? Like, what special effects, like, if anything, that would be a slam dunk to make of a live-action. Anime and sci-fi go together better than just about any pairing. From cyberpunk adventures to apocalyptic tech, the industry has brought countless sci-fi tales to life over the decades. Of course, some have done better than others, and one of anime's top sci-fi franchises was born with Steinsgate. A recent post by Steinsgate producer retells the show's history for fans and it was there Chiyomaru Shikura confirmed the anime nearly got a live action movie years ago. The update came from Shikura as the exec took to Twitter to share the news about Steinsgate with fans. It turns out the producer was approached about a live action pitch not long after the Steinsgate anime ended. According to the report, the unnamed producer had overseen big hits in the field and they asked after Steinsgate because they were fans of Chiyomaru. It seems negotiations for a live action adaptation went well at first. The two parties exchanged outlines via email but Chiyomaru says things all changed after they were asked to cast a member of Johnny and Associates as the lead of Steinsgate, Rintaro Okube. This was when the word line diverged. The producer shared, Chiyomaru felt this demand was overly unfair. The producer did not feel the agency had anyone strongly suited for Rintaro, but they ultimately agreed to the condition so long as Tomoya Nagase played the lead. Chiyomaru's request was rejected, and so the Steinsgate live-action film fell apart. So it was basically like, yo, we want this movie, but we want this guy to be the lead and they were like nah but we want this one and they were like nah and it was like all right well no no live action movie sorry bucko this project began with the best intentions but power plays behind the scenes dismantled the dream now the future of a live action steinsgate project lies with hollywood back in 2020 skydance tv announced it would develop a tv series based on the anime however no updates have been given on steinsgate since it was announced so here's hoping negotiations go better on this project than the first and to be honest with you i feel like come on you can't get that right like stein like there's no crazy effects for the most part like this could be a slam grand dunk i i'll never understand why they keep on dropping the ball like we have the marvel cinematic universe that at the very least the first three phases was just phenomenal some of the greatest movies out there why is it so difficult to make live action adaptations of anime and manga like it must be that there's just not as many fans that are really talented in the field of hollywood in terms of to be able to produce and direct at these high scales because how can you not make a great movie out of this this should be an easy win but i guess we gotta wait and see moving forward this was a very odd story let's dive into it pokemon ash ketchum's russian biography is absolutely wild. Pokemon is one of the biggest franchises in the world and its reach spans over the most nations. From Japan to Spain to Canada and Argentina, Pokemon is a household name in most places. This even includes Russia, even though Pokemon did take some time to get there. And now the franchise is going viral after an infamous Russian Pokedex was translated for the first time. The boom came from the team at Did You Know Gaming as the group worked with Annette Livers at Nintendo Russia. The parties got their hands on an unofficial Russian Pokedex penned by Alexander Zinsky years ago. The fan put the Pokedex together decades when the Pokemon released its first catalog. As there was no official Russian translator made, Zinsky compiled all the official translations so he could rewrite them in Russian. These days, Pokemon is available for real in Russia, but this old-school collectible remains a thing of legend amongst fans. Now the Pokedex has been translated into English, and its biography for Ash Ketchum is absolutely wild. It includes facts about the trainer Pokemon never touched upon, and honestly, well, you gotta read it to believe it. Brave and adventurous Ash is known as the most famous Pokemon trainer. Despite his young age, Ash has amassed a large collection of Pokemon with whom he competes. Ash wants to be the first among trainers. His Pokemon must win, but he doesn't just battle others. Ash often helps builders, oilmen, and fishermen. There is a known case where Ash Ketchum's Pokemon rescued a fishing trawler in the Sea of Japan, which was on the brink of an accident. Ash's winged Pokemon brought the entire team ashore, and Ash was rewarded with a chocolate cake from the Prime Minister. What? As you can see, this Russian Pokedex bio takes some liberties with Ash. We have no record of this happening to the trainer in the canon, but hey, we are more than happy. Yeah, no. What? The what? That's like, just imagine me throwing a biography together about Goku. Like, yeah, dog, he was born in Harlem, and, you know, he used to have to like 
Yeah, Son Goku is from Harlem, confirmed. Big shouts to Goku up in Harlem. He's he's riding with Dipset in the streets. I ain't gonna lie, some of these old fan translations be a little bit cray-cray. HBO Max, now solely known as Max, marks his launch without an Adult Swim staple. In case you don't know, HBO Max has officially been rebranded as Max, so it is no longer HBO Max, which is interesting considering the whole massive suit that was coming for them. Maybe they're like, yo, we want to distance the HBO property from this HBO Max catastrophe so y'all just Max now like y'all done it looks like HBO Max is out and the era of Max has begun today marks the start of the streaming service rebrand under the watch of Warner Brothers Discovery a new slew of viewing options are now available to fans but sadly it seems Max has gone live without a favorite Adult Swim series the update comes from Animation Watch Dogs who noticed Max launched today without Space Ghost Coast to Coast the animated series exited HBO Max just before the site converted its branding luckily the team at Adult Swim saw this move coming so you can watch all the Space Ghost Coast to Coast on its main website. Of course, it's not the only Adult Swim show to face the acts of the Max move. Yesterday, reports confirmed Metacalypse faced the same fate as all but one episode was removed from the service. Adult Swim migrated all of the show's episodes to its official website so you can watch the dark comedy there in a 24-7 stream. For those curious about the removal as well, it most likely comes down to licensing. Like, yeah, probably they license it to HBO Max. If there's a whole big rebrand, probably also things are expiring. They're just like, eh, we don't want to renew at the end of the day. And I mean, I don't know who's really going to like any streaming services to watch some of these things. It was kind of one of for me, those shows was like, oh, snap is on Adult Swim. I am bored. It's like three in the morning. Yeah, let's watch. Why not? I never really was like, oh, God, I got to watch some new Space Ghost. And again, it could just be me. But yeah, just thought I'd give you guys a little bit of updates on HBO Max and where things are at right now. Moving forward, Suzume crosses $320 million at Global Box Office. That's from Makoto Shinkai. Of course, you know him from your name like massive massive dude and 320 million dollars jeez louise it looks like suzume is doing everything fans ever wanted at the box office after making its debut some months ago in japan the movie is winding down its theatrical release to the tune of 320 million dollars usd more than 46 million fans have seen the movie to date and is continuing to break records as of may 21st suzume came close to wrapping its run in japan with a total of 109 million usd domestically so it made over 100 million in japan alone it has grossed over 320 2 million globally with its gross from China standing atop other markets. After all, Suzume crossed $119 million. It did more in China than Japan? What the hell? While South Korea came in second place with its earning, Suzume earned $42 million in South Korea, which made the top-earning Japanese film in the region to date. Of course, Suzume has gone around the United States. It earned $5 million during its opening weekend. To date, the film has grossed at least $10 million domestically, so nothing close to what's going on in all the other regions. And that turnout puts it on par with Makoto Shinkai's other films. After all, the director, Suzume May's first made global headlines with his movie Your Name and the feature was followed up by Weathering With You several years later. Now Suzume is getting ready to close its time in theaters in Japan. The movie has only solidified Shinkai's reputation as an all-star director so fans are eager to see what they have in store for their next project and honestly it looks like Homie is going to be the next Hayao Miyazaki. Like it, this dude is getting up there. His reputation is getting cemented. Like he's had hit after hit and this one right here you know toppling Your Name. I thought you your name was just like some freak accident of like wow people are really tuning in it's a great movie don't get me wrong but i didn't expect for it to get to the level of success that it did i don't think makoto shinkai did either i remember him saying in an interview that he kind of wanted it to stop because it was like yo how am i gonna follow this up well seems as though <laughs> they didn't need to stop it because look at what suzume is doing that's still unfreaking real the future and the next big dog that's going to be cemented in history in terms of anime directors and whatnot is makoto shinkai so big shouts to him and yeah i gotta see suzume I meant to watch it in theaters. It's just, it didn't happen. Moving forward, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure creator visits France and new sketch. Of the many supporting characters that have spawned from the mind of manga artist Hirohiko Araki, it's hard to deny his biggest is Kishibe Rohan. Clearly a favorite of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure creator, the wielder of Heaven's Door recently returned in the pages of the manga's latest arc, The JoJo Lands. This summer is set to also release the first live-action feature film focusing on the stand user and Rohan at the Louvier, with Araki taking the opportunity to celebrate the occurrence with new 
are. And of course, the live action movie will hit theaters later this week on May 26th. And based on the sketch that we got, it looks all right. And in general, it's kind of dope that Araki is still so heavily involved. Like once you get to this type of point in terms of being, you know, this successful or whatnot, usually you back away. But the fact that he is incorporating having Rohan and, you know, the latest Jojo lands, he's doing sketches and stuff like that at his age. Like, let's not forget that Araki been doing manga since like what the 70s or 80s. Like man is up there in age and he's still going in. So kudos to Araki. Moving forward for fans of Bleach, in particular, the Japanese voice actor of Ichigo Kurosaki. Apparently, he's going to be making a U.S. appearance at this year's Anime Expo. Bleach Thousand Blood War is set to make its dynamic return this summer as Ichigo Kurosaki prepares to fight back to the Wanden Rake. With the Soul Society licking their wounds following their bloody first battle of episodes, voice actor Masakazu Morita has returned to the role of Ichigo for the long-awaited comeback of the Soul Society. Now to help in celebrating the Shonen franchise, Morita has been voicing Ichigo Kurosaki for quite some time, and even though Bleach's anime has been on hiatus for a number of years, mobile games and other projects have allowed the voice actor to return to the substitute Soul Reaper more than once. On top of his prolific take on the Shinigami, Masakazu might also best be known for some of his other roles in the anime game. Morita has taken on roles such as Dragon Ball Super's Whis. Holy shit! He's Whis? How did I not know that? Shaman King's Mosuke, One Piece's Marco. Oh, he's Marco too. And Seiya from Knights of the. He's Seiya? What? Um, the, yo, the, people don't realize, like, that is massive. Seiya is the lead character of Saint Seiya, one of the biggest shonen anime of all time. On the video game front, Morita might best be known for his role as Titus in Final Fantasy X and the other games that see the Blitzball player make an appearance. This year's Anime Expo will take place in LA, California from July 1st to the 4th. Aside from welcoming the voice of Ichigo Kurosaki, this year's Anime Expo will also house the North American premiere of the popular anime movie The First Slam Dunk, which I really do want to see that, which has been pulling some serious profits at the box office. Those attending the event will have few opportunities to hear more from Masakazu Morita. And man, I wish I could meet homie. That, that'd be kind of fly. Moving forward, most know that Michael B. Jordan, the actor that is right now running, doing the Creed 3 Pro, for the movie that's out in theaters um, he's a big anime fan massive anime fan and apparently he was able to visit the anime studio Studio Piro and uh, get some cool official art of Naruto but even more so besides that because that was a really good look that he was at Studio Piro uh, he actually has a Creed anime incoming and yeah he went to Japan to show it off Creed 3 wears his anime influence on his sleeve and the director and star of the movie Michael B. Jordan doing the same with Hollywood actors sharing his love for of all things anime time and time again the protege of Rocky Balboa is set to receive his own anime adaptation with the sequel's arrival in theaters in Japan to help in celebrating the anime debut Jordan took the opportunity to visit the studio that is responsible for creating this short TMS Entertainment TMS I've seen them around they're, they're pretty dope TMS Entertainment has been part of the animation world for quite some time first opening its doors in the 1960s most recently the anime studio might be best known for its works on anime series including Dr. Stone that's big Case Closed that's huge Lupin the Third okay and Megalobox, name a few, which is crazy. Megalobox is another boxing one. That's dope. The director of this upcoming anime short is Yo Moriyama, who had previously worked for TMS on Megalobox, the boxing anime that blended natural fighters with mechanical upgrades, making him a solid choice for the world of Adonis Creed. While this short anime segment will be arriving in Japan, Outlet Deadline had previously reported that Amazon is working on an anime series based on the franchise, as well as other potential projects that would expand the boxing universe. And honestly, that's just really dope to see that they're making an anime out of Creed. Let's freaking go. Michael B. Jordan visited TMS Entertainment's headquarters in Japan, meeting with director Yo Moriyama and writers Katsuhiko Manabe and Kensaku Kojima. While Megalobox might be the biggest boxing anime from the studio, the medium in general has more than a few examples of the sport hitting the screen. Hajime no Ippo, for example, had direct influences on the latest Creed film, along with other franchises that were not boxing-related, such as Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. And big shouts to Michael B. Jordan. He's one of the few celebrities that he doesn't waver his love for anime. Like, massive shouts to homie like he's doing his thing he's promoting his film now he's over there overseas in japan he got this little anime short for creed like all around wins like you can't hate on homie he he's shown out for anime and that's the moving forward mushoku tensei fans are very upset about some plagiarism that has went down with the series in terms of a korean webcomic that uh is ripping it off apparently allegedly korean webcomic accused of plagiarizing mushoku tensei with the help of ai when it comes to art there's a few things more serious than plagiarism from 
music to animation, creative licenses are held sacred to artists. This means any cases of plagiarism are taken seriously within the anime fandom. And now, a South Korean webcomic is facing accusations of copying Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation a little too closely. The situation came to light this week as net citizens in South Korea began sharing critiques of the webcomic The Night King. The new series, which is overseen by Blue Line Studio, is one of the many titles competing in the webcomic industry. This new Neighbor series is stirring up debate because readers notice some eerie similarities between The Night King and Mushoku Tensei. A recent webtoon on Neighbor webtoon called The Night King by Blue Line Studio released on May 22nd has been on the fire. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking at it right now off rip. As soon as I saw the cover, I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like Mushoku Tensei. Like, okay, I kind of would be tricked into thinking it is. And yeah, we've seen that from time to time again. I-, I guess it's going to be a thing for a while, considering that a lot of other um, industries and a lot of other regions are starting to break into the comic industry in a major way. And they are being influenced. And some people don't know the difference between doing influence and straight up ripping things off. I mean, we've seen back in the day, I remember it was a popular... I think it was the son of a popular rock star that copied straight up Bleach like verbatim damn near and he got busted and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people that they think that, you know, the world is so grand, nobody's ever going to catch on or they're just so hardcore influenced that they don't even realize that half the time. Like, yo, dog, you are just straight up ripping things off. Like there's a difference between influenced and inspired. And yeah, like, yo, dog, I'm going to write a series, right? It's going to be about this ninja in an orange jumpsuit and he has a friend that he's chasing around the village because he wants to be the leader of the village but his friend is doing something like imagine i did something like that you would be like nandaska he's ripping naruto i know it's naruto i just like to say naruto for you know new viewers that are incoming like why is he calling it naruto like i know it's naruto as you can see above it seems readers have taken issue to a few specific shots in the webcomics color edition there's several shots that look like they were taken from the mushoku tensei anime later in the webcomic the comic introduces another character that looks incredibly similar to Groot from marvel's guardian of the galaxy holy shit i am Groot. now new reports from south korean suggest blue line studios has addressed the situation following a slew of review bombs Readers were previously informed the studio uses AI tech to correct original finished art. Oh, so they're blaming AI. Cool. Now the studio has uploaded a revised version of the Night King to Neighbor that doesn't contain the accused images. However, fans will keep a close eye to the webcomic. Oh, so they blamed it on AI. Okay, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and Guild Arts uh, was created by AI, not Hiromashima, unless Hiromashima himself is an AI. Guild Arts fairy tale, Shanks, One Piece. If you know, you know. Moving forward, I found this one to be hilarious and at the same time, wow, this is actually a thing. Apparently, Death Note the Musical Revival announced with a London debut. I am going to kill you in this book. I'm going to write your name and you'll die. <laughs> no, a musical of Death Note actually wouldn't be too bad, to be honest. It's finally happening, Death Note fans. At last, the anime's heralded musical is gearing up for a new debut. A new report has confirmed Death Note the Musical is coming to London this fall, so an entirely new audience will get to check out light story and live theater i wouldn't mind checking that out according to an update by what's on stage death note the musical is coming to the london palladium for a two-day event this fall audiences will be able to watch the show on august 21st or 22nd and these shows mark the musical's european debut as for who is overseeing the project nick winston is directing the project carter dixon mcgill productions and indie theatrical are producing the performance at this time no casting has been announced but fans are keeping a close eye on the stage show now that it has been announced we're beyond excited to be presenting the first English language oh this is English production of Death Note the musical for two nights only this summer fans and those who look forward to welcoming into the world of Death Note are in for a musical treat the show's production team shared in a new statement regarding Death Note the musical as for the show's creator Frank Wildhorn responded to the big debut of Death Note Death Note the musical has been the most unique strange edgy and wonderful musical journey for me it's been a dream of mine to bring this show from Asia to the west end of London and here we are he shared with what's on stage if you are not familiar with death note the musical you should know the adaptation was made in 2015 and of course the show ran in japan as well as south korea where it won a number of awards and yeah that's really dope that they're doing this i ain't gonna lie i've always said i've always championed i want to see more english language um stage plays of anime like you know i always hear there's the naruto stage play there's this and that one and i would love to see it like i don't expect a one-to-one i don't have the expectations what a lot of live action fans have of 
or you know animated live action that fans of like oh it's gonna be terrible like i just want to sit back and enjoy and whatever happens happens if it's terrible then let's enjoy the terribleness together but in general i'm a fan of stage plays and golly i wish i could see this one light it is time moving forward attack on titan director breaks silence on the anime's final episode the end of attack on titan is nigh the series was already brought its manga to a close and soon the attack on titan anime will follow the show released the first half of its series finale in the spring so all eyes are on the event's back half attack on titan promises to see itself out with a bang but after dropping a rather peaceful poster for the finale the show's director is now speaking out recently yuichiro hayashi spoke out about attack on titan as the anime will wrap its run later this year there's just a few months to go before attack on titan season 4 returns and the anime will drop its epic final episode according to hayashi he still does not feel like the show is ending but he is starting to come around to the idea with the release of the key visual for the sequel to the final part the attack on titan anime is steadily pushing towards its final act however the work is still in the middle so i don't feel like i'm done at all will the end really come he asked in a new letter written for fans continuing the director went on to speak about attack on titan's new poster the minimal visual took everyone by surprise given its peaceful scenery but some darkness could be spotted if you look closely enough obviously it had like silhouettes of titans it turns out Hayashi wanted to explore this kind of aesthetic for a while now, so he went all in in the final poster for the Attack on Titan anime. As for the key visual, I think it'll be the final visual for the final season. It may come as a surprise to you that it's going in the exact opposite direction of the characters piling up until now, but I've decided to go with a simple route. I think that there is something that appeals to the imagination when there is nothing. There are some things that are interesting, but it's unsophisticated to explain, and it will be a spoiler. So I hope you can expand your imagination and look forward to the anime's final part. As you can imagine, Hayashi Yashi and his team are still deep in the work on Attack on Titan. Mappa did confirm the show will drop its big finale this fall, but that is all we know for now. And yeah, that's dope that the director is still, you know, he's probably sad at a certain point in his mind of like, yo, this has to end. You know, he's probably been working on this for quite some time now, maybe ever since they did the switch from Studio Wit to Studio Mappa for Attack on Titan between season three and season four. Probably is like, yeah, he's probably also in a way happy, like, oh, it is going to end. So it's probably a mixture, mixed bag in general and that visual i talked about it earlier in the weekend it looks really dope something different it doesn't always have to be this post-apocalyptic everything is like yo it's the finale can we have any type of happiness at all is attack on titan always just supposed to be 100 doom and gloom you know maybe it is i don't know moving forward dragon ball fans apparently dragon ball creator addresses his take on female characters dragon ball has plenty of fighters to its name and of course goku is chief among them from gohan and vegeta to piccolo there are tons of men in the series but dragon ball has a share of women as well both Bulma kickstarted the manga as its female lead. Shoutouts to Bulma. And as it turns out, the creator of Dragon Ball has admitted to facing troubles when crafting the series' female characters. Yeah, I believe he came out a long time ago and said that's the reason why he never made a Super Saiyan female. Like with Pan, he just couldn't visualize how a woman would look Super Saiyan, even though I think that's a super cop-out. Like, what? The update comes from Dragon Ball Forever, an old-school guide to the series, which was released in Japan years ago. The issue features an interview with Toriyama, the man who crafted Dragon Ball decades ago. It was there the artist spoke about the manga story and when asked if he modeled Dragon Ball characters off anyone, Toriyama confessed the truth about his creative process. Whenever I draw a woman, they always end up with rough personalities, the creator shared. I just can't draw them bubbly and upbeat. I can't draw them docile and cute either. Chi-Chi had a personality I kind of disliked. Maybe it was because Goku was unemployed. They'd have to be piddling away the Ox Demon King's fortune to get by that family. That's why Chi-Chi's such a nag. So there you have it. Toriyama strays away from bubbly female characters and that truth tracks to this day. Take, for example, Karen Characters like Kale and Khalifa, the two goaded characters at that. Two female Saiyans have very different personalities, but neither one of them will be considered upbeat. Yeah, one of them will rip your freaking head off like uh, uh, the Hulk. This is true for Chi-Chi, as Toriyama has stated as well. As for Dragon Ball's leading men, it seems Toriyama made sure to design heroes like Future Trunks with his audience in mind, or at least his female fans. In the case of men, perhaps with Trunks, there were parts I drew with female fans in mind, even his silhouette. I mean, he's got a sword on his back, Toriyama shared. Even someone like Piccolo is popular with women, it seems. Yeah, Piccolo would be popular with the ladies, if you know, you know. Over the years, Dragon Ball has definitely shaken up things with its characters and their creation. Most recently, Dragon Ball Super fans were geeking over Moro and the manga but some things never change characters like goku and bulma stay in the same despite the odds but the fandom wouldn't have the two any other way and that's really dope i love these little trivia and tidbits about dragon ball that we may not have known about otherwise dope stuff quickly let's take a look at a chart 
of Chainsaw Man's manga success ever since pretty much the inception of it, courtesy of Joe's underscore K. And y'all don't know, y'all about to know that Chainsaw Man, it was an organic explosion. At the very least, that's what it appeared to be. Because you see, starting with Volume 1, it was typical. You know, Volume 2 went up a little bit. And you see, before the anime even came, before the anime came, this thing had over 11 million sales. In case you don't know, that is damn near unheard of to have 11 volumes and 11 million sales. Absolutely crazy. It was an explosion like no other. And then there was a year and seven months before the anime even came out, and it sold millions more. And honestly, this chart is just a demonstration of when people, you know, word of mouth is a very powerful thing. A lot of people forget and they think like, oh, if you're not going viral, if it's not, you know, the algorithms, like algorithms will algorithm, but one of the big keys to getting the algorithm moving is word of mouth and chainsaw man was a prime example of word of mouth spreading i know myself early on for the longest time honestly i was just screaming its praises freaking from the rooftop so to speak because i absolutely loved it and i think that that's one of the key ingredients to why chainsaw man was a success and in general a lot of those things that felt very organic now granted the anime it did give it a boost to a certain degree but it wasn't what you would have expected you would have thought like yo if it did all of this by itself imagine what an anime what it would have done but i think it kind of already accumulated all of its fan base before the anime also it might have been overhyped i think that a lot of us Again, I'm speaking, including myself. We kind of overhyped it. Like, yeah, it's a great series, but we made it seem like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, Second Coming of Jesus or something like that. You know what I'm saying? We made it seem like it was otherworldly, and it's just a really dope story. And we made it seem that probably more than what it was. So it did insane sales by itself without the anime. The anime did help, and for the most part, you know, we report on the sales every week over here. The sales were decent. Um, actually, they're fantastic. I don't want to say decent, but um, I don't think it even necessarily needed the anime i could imagine that a chainsaw man would have kept on going releasing volumes without an anime it probably would have been just fine but yo shout out to chainsaw man regardless just look at the the proof is in the pudding it's it's manga is a big success it was recently reported that mappa was having their big mappa stage where they announced all of the upcoming anime and they revealed trailers and all of that good stuff and yeah one punch man fans were pretty disappointed including myself to a certain degree because a lot of us thought after the big announcement that One Punch Man was getting an anime that, based on rumors that were circulating, it would be heading to MAPPA Studios. So much so that we thought, okay, they got a MAPPA stage that they're announcing big stuff in there. They're probably going to announce One Punch Man's anime. But at the same time, to be honest with you, just because it was not announced at the MAPPA stage studio, which we're going to look into exactly what they did announce here in a second, ultimately does not mean that it's not going to happen. It could just mean that they're saving that announcement for maybe... Maybe they want to reveal it in Weekly Shonen Jump because that's a huge publication. It's a lot more grandiose than the MAPPA stage in my opinion. So maybe it could be that. It doesn't necessarily mean that MAPPA isn't the ones doing One Punch Man. It just means that it hasn't got announced yet. And of course it wasn't announced at MAPPA stage. But let's see what was announced. Because it says here, MAPPA's breed of anime featured in MAPPA stage 2023 opening video. Ahead of the start of the MAPPA stage 2023 festivities today, the official YouTube account for the anime studio released the special opening movie set to the brand new song Dare Mo Waru Kunai from rock band Macaroni and Pizzu, which was made exclusively for the event. And we'll do a little reaction right here. Okay, I see. Starting off with Mikasa holding on to Eren. It seems as though this is a trailer or, or that was a little clip of maybe the finale or something or old clips from the anime. And then they got some Chainsaw Man. They got Vinland. Yeah, they're showing a lot of goats. You gotta think about it for a second. Look at all this epicness that Mappa has. They got a lot of, lot of goat tier stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of goat stuff. Vinland looking gorgeous. Jujutsu Kaisen cannot forget that. Hell's Paradise. God damn, they got a roster. Yo, they give you quality and quantity. That's one of the things you can't deny about Mappa. Yeah, look at this. Wow. Hell's Paradise. Vinland just, oh. Then I think that's that new one that they're working on. A new Isekai. That's crazy. Attack on Titan. It only got one little movie left and it's done. Look at that chainsaw. Man. Look at power. Look at power. Power! <laughs> Gabimaru. Yeah, the art on Vinland Saga looks so good. The animation may not be the most fluid, but the art is hands down beautiful. And look at that chainsaw, man. This just looks so epic. Ah, Mappa does their thing, baby. Look at, oh, Hanji, no. Deji! Yo, they got classics on their belt. That's one hell of a promo video. Whoever put that together, they knew what they were doing. 
Mapa Stage 2023. So yeah, it wasn't giving us anything new per se regarding what's going down with Mapa, but ultimately at the very least it gave us an idea as to, hey, this is where they're at with it. And again, unfortunately, no one punch man. Ah! Moving forward now, in case you don't know, the anime industry is an extremely rigorous industry that doesn't take no prisoners. So much so that if you're in this industry, you know that yeah, pretty much it's very much so hard labor with very little pay. It's mostly people working because they're passionate about anime. But it seems as though there's a new initiative being launched in order to improve work conditions on the anime industry, which hands down is desperately needed. Desperately needed. The fact that you could work 60 hours a week and get like $900 a month is disgusting. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the same people that bring us some of our favorite things that we love and enjoy from, again, the Attack on Titans to the one piece anime you know all of these incredible stories and these people are netting barely anything you know what i'm saying so the fact that there's a new initiative being launched let's see what this is about a recent press conference held on may 19 2023 headed by masuo ueda unveiled a new initiative called nippon anime film culture association launched to improve the working conditions of the anime industry the association's founding directors are masaru kitao an animator naomichi yamoto director Shunsuke Sakino voice actor and Yuko Kaida another voice actor with Masuo Ueda acting as the representative director Yoshihiko Umakoshi is in charge of original character designs for the association the characters are named Hokuro why are they making character designs I mean cool beans on that but why the main reason behind launching of the NAFCA was that even though it's been 100 years since the establishment of the anime industry the production field was far from being an ideal dream factory yeah thousand percent it is a field that pushes the physical and mental limits to the extremes and is only carried on by the passion of the creators according to nfca statement the industry is on the verge of collapse with exhaustion permeating the work environment will japanese anime continue to remain a place where one must be prepared for poverty to dive into will the industry continue to rely on overseas talent to compensate for the depletion of domestic resources as working styles undergo global changes and scrutiny intensifies on employment in a Quality, will the situation be left unaddressed until government intervention occurs? NAFCA not only aims to improve working conditions, but also aims to create a mutual understanding between the management and the production. So both the sides come together to bring their knowledge to the table and also address challenges and strive for the greater achievements. One of the main projects at the start of this establishment would be human resource management and animator skills test. According to NAFCA, the anime industry is facing difficulties in passing down skills due to the increase in productions in order to solve this they have teamed up with veteran animators to launch animator skills tests to help aspiring individuals learn the fundamentals of commercial anime along with retraining animators who are paid low wages due to shortage of skills moreover they have collaborated with japan actors union to protect the status and rights of the voice actors in order to uplift the industry as a whole and that is just major win 100,000 percent major major win uh this is going to be great all around for the anime industry and i'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this because that is crazy that in a hundred years that anime has been booming or you know been going and now with this big boom it's still in this horrible state so we'll see what comes from it but kudos for them at the very least making this attempt because nobody else has moving forward Vinland Saga fans apparently Vinland Saga season 2's anime finale trailer has been streamed at the Mappa stage 2023 event on Sunday they revealed a final trailer for the second season of the TV anime of Makoto Yukimura's Vinland Saga manga and the video has English subtitles I'm not going to watch that because I have not caught up to the villain saga season two anime yet and yeah i've heard everything is pretty good but this is also a stark reminder that this season of villain saga is coming to an end and i'm curious if we're gonna get another one to be honest with you the hype for villain saga this time around has not been nowhere close to how hype it was for the first one and the hype wasn't even all that big for the first one because it was exclusive to amazon prime so the fact that we didn't really have like that big hey it's all over the place it's unfortunate but at the very least mappa gave fans one more hoorah depending on if it's going to continue in the future that remains to be seen but it's cool that they also had a big final trailer for it at mappa stage even though yet again no one punch fan at mappa stage ah but just off the visual alone it looks like this season is 
pretty freaking intense to say the least i mean i did see like the first five episodes and it was pretty great moving forward jujutsu kaisen fans in case you haven't heard there's a new teaser trailer or a new trailer for that matter of the upcoming jujutsu kaisen season 2 anime it says here jujutsu kaisen anime second season's new video previews tatsuya kitani's opening song the mafa stage 2023 event on sunday revealed a new promo video and character visuals for the second season of the jujutsu kaisen anime the video previews the show's opening theme song i'll know sumika blue house by tatsuya kitani the season will of course premiere on july 6th on mbs and tbs and 28 affiliated channels and yeah the trailer looks absolutely fantastic there's no doubt in my mind that this season of jujutsu kaisen is going to look immaculate from everything of gojo versus ghetto seeing uh toji going in this trailer is breathtaking to say the least i mean it just looks freaking marvelous so i'm very much so excited for this one and just in general jujutsu kaisen season two in coming july it's about to be a hot summer to say the least and last but not least attack on titan fans yeah the final season is incoming and of course it's going to be via that final i guess you would say movie similar to what we had last time with uh the attack on titan what was it like 40 minutes or so so it's kind of like almost a movie or was it an hour i feel like it was closer to an hour but yeah apparently attack on titan the final season part three anime second half reveals a new visual so again mapo stage it delivered quite a bit the Mappa Stage 2023 event on Sunday revealed a new visual for the second half of Attack on Titan, the final season part 3, aka Shingeki no Kyojin, the final season Kanketsu Hen anime. The second half will premiere this fall, and the visual is just of a mountainside and a home and some birds in the sky. Now, oh, and the silhouette of two titans at the very least, or maybe it's one titan, I don't know, it could be two titans or one titan, but... It kind of looks like they're even holding hands. Very interesting. Very symbolic of whatever the heck is about to go down. I don't want to spoil for fans of Attack on Titan. But um, yeah, they're definitely teasing something here. It could be that they're teasing a happy ending. It could be that they're teasing this is the future of Attack on Titan's land and world. That eventually everything will be rebuilt. They're teasing something there. And of course, the first half aired as a one-hour special on March 3rd. So yeah, it was one hour. So this is probably going to be another another hour and a lot of fans i'm sure are going to be glued to the screen to just see is it going to be the same as the ending of the manga are they going to change it because some people are hopeful that they're going to do a big shift of the narrative towards the end some people are hopeful that it's going to remain the same only time will tell but i'm looking forward to it either way again it's been what over over a decade of people waiting to see how this thing is going to end and yeah the ending approaches okay people we don't got no weekly shonen magazine off the comments i don't know what's up with that but we got weekly shonen jump let's take a look we got one piece creator Hiro oda i went to ghibli park the grand warehouse was great but walking around and being immersed in the world was so moving one day i'm gonna go to japan and visit all of these attractions baby one day one day uh we got let's see my hero academia's kohei horikoshi watching soccer has allowed me to understand how to draw legs a little bit better hey that's that's dope he's been watching a little blue lock little blue lock we got um cypher academy nisiosen i saw guardians of the galaxy volume 3 i am groot i personally wanted to read that one out we got sakamoto days you to suzuki i'm jealous of people who get to drive all around the world taking street view footage but it's probably a rough job that sounds kind of fun to be honest with you we got blue bark koji miura by the way i'm not reading all the comments i'm reading ones that i kind of want to read my days are so uniform now so i started having my teeth straightened i want to take good care of them you do that fam yeah we got temaku cinema uh yuto tsukuda one half of the shokugeki no soma creators thank you to all the creators who mentioned me in the author comments we'll do our best to catch up to you jujutsu kaisen's gege akutami i wanted to have utahime holding a cassette recorder with a mic but had to cut it because i couldn't think of a good reason <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes trust me as somebody that is working on my own comic that will be coming soonish it's it's massively in development uh yeah sometimes you got an idea of a little aesthetic that you want to utilize but you don't want to just have an aesthetic there for the sake of it it has to serve purpose like that's one of the golden rules of creating at the very least if you want to make something dope you got kill blue taratoshi fujimaki aka the creator of kuroko no basket i've been playing a lot more drama shows in the background while i work sanctuary was good is he talking about saint Seiya sanctuary i doubt it <laughs> witch watch kentaro shinohara as expected i wasn't able to take any time off for golden week but i was happy that i got to spend a few hours with some friends from college sad 
sad. Undead unlocks Yoshifumi Tezuka. The final OG League for S Street Fighter 6, I'm imagining, was awesome. I can't wait till Street Fighter 7. Farewell. The Ichinosi family's Deadly Sins, Tizen 5. Thank you so much to everyone supporting me. Please enjoy Chapter 25. Homie just says the same thing like, yo, make sure you read this shit. <laughs> uh, we got Mission Yozaku, the family's Hitsuji Gondaira. Lately, I'm addicted to Kinoko no Yama, Mountain of Mushrooms, Biscuits, and I might have to move out of Team Takanoko no Sato, Takenoko Village. No idea what homie's talking about. The elusive samurai is Yusei Matsui. Shuto Ukyo said he never got caught in tag. Maybe Tokiyuki could have played in the Japanese baseball league too. The Japanese love baseball. That's a common known fact. Amira Boko Shuhei Miyazaki. I was so nervous for the autograph session, but I had so much fun. You guys gave me so much energy. Hey, shout outs to Shuhei. I love seeing their enthusiasm and just how they roll. We got Masho Magic and Muscles Hajime Komodo. Very low on the list this week. Interesting. Wow, and Black Clover's dead last? Huh. But um, wait, let's read Hajime Komodo's. My friend took me out to Saizerizia because I've been working so hard. It made me cry. Well, shout out to you. You got the anime going. Yeah, this is worrisome. I think this is the second week in a row that Yuki Tabata is at the bottom of the rankings. That's that's alarming. Sorry for the absence. The other day I was playing butt sumo with my wife and she easily knocked me down. So strong. Wow. <laughs> little, little, little TMI. A little sad. Little, what's going on, Tabata? But yeah, very alarming that not only Black Clover, but also Hajime Komodo, Martial Magic, and Muscles. They got both of them down bad. And I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I like to call Cap. And I feel like I'm gonna call Cap because you, there's no way you're gonna tell me that Martial and Black Clover got less votes, less attention, and is less desirable than a Fabricant 100. Kill Blue that just started or Do Retry. Like, a lot of these series don't have fan bases. There's no way you're gonna tell me that they got less attention and are less desirable than them. Cypher Academy. New Ways Exorcist. Like, who knows about any of these okay maybe new new as exorcist is a newer series so they're gonna put it up there but just a little bit strange and sometimes i'd be feeling like i wonder if it's that because of other aspects maybe sales is not that great and attention ain't the greatest they placed them in the bottom anyways like it has nothing or less to do at that point with like yo reader surveys is voting because again black clover is still ideally going to get a lot more votes than some of the newbies that are incoming in the magazine so ideally black clover should be up but this also could be a testament to Black Clover probably won't make it out of 2023 if I'm just being totally honest. I think considering where the story is at and now where it's at rankings wise, this might be the end, folks. And now let's wrap this bad boy up with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week, courtesy of Joe underscore Ken. Okay, yeah, I don't know why I gave it a little melody. We got 50 through 41, Watamote, hey, 9.2K in four days. Uh, we got Zatch Bell 2, Volume 2, with another 9.3 this week, bringing its total close to 180 with 179. Probably won't be here anymore, but big shout-outs again to Zatch Bell returning and making big sales. Big, big shout-outs. We got Twin Star Exorcist Volume 31 in 13 days, 32.4 with 9.4 this week. All right, all right. We got World's End Harem Volume 17 in 13 days, 35. 5.5 almost 11k this week uh we got jujutsu kaisen volume 22 still on the charts with 11.3 this week bringing its total to 1.3 milli man this thing been on the charts since march dog we, we headed into june that that's the, the beginning of march at that march 3rd like fantastic uh then we got places 40 through 31 let's see here we got detective conan volume 103 13k this week 388,000 total not bad we got chainsaw man volume 14 with 14.2k bringing his total to 467 i ain't mad at it then we got places 30 through 21 please don't bully me nagatoro volume 16 in six days 162 Okay, all right, we, we see you, Nogatoro. We got Don to Don, volume 10, in 13 days, 72,000. Not bad at all, 20,000. It's around the same ballpark that it normally does. So, Don to Don's volume sales are actually fantastic, considering it still doesn't have an anime 10 volumes deep. It's great. We're, we're, we're doing good. Then we got places 20 through 11. Blue Box, after that enormous debut, drops from first place to 20th place. That's interesting. In 13 days, 90.6 with 22.3K total this week. Not bad. Kingdom, in 27 days, over half a million with 22.8 this week. Okay, all right. We see you, Kingdom. We know you do big things. Uh, we got Baki, though. Volume 16, one of the newest Bakis. Uh, in 7 days, 23.4. And I'm imagining with that new anime, 
anime is going to continue to rise. That's incoming. Let's go. Babaki doing big, 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 big things. Then we got top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10. Let's see here. We got Spy Family Volume 11, 30.6 this week. Bring his total to 1.15. I keep on saying when that movie shows up, it's going to be massive. I have no idea what is in sixth place, but Getsu Yobi no Tawawa Volume 7. Wow, wow. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I have no idea what's uh, the second place, but coming in at number one is the slime series Tensai Shitara Slime Dataken with six days, 268,888 copies total. And that's all we have for this episode. I'm for Neverworld, and as always, people have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule anime and manga for life, boy. Have an awesome day, peace, and you guys just watched another episode of Whatever News. Have an awesome day. Subscribe and hit that bell to get more. Yeah, yeah. on my day one's gotta be clear. Still moving on, baby, but I wish she was here. Still moving on, baby, but I gotta get there. Still moving on, baby, I'ma never forget. Still moving on, maybe I'ma never regret. Still moving on, still moving on. This is for my day one. This is for my day one. This is for my day one.